recorder is an instrument which I guess is most often associated with primary school music classes. And that's not always a happy association, speaking for myself at any rate. But the Australian virtuoso Genevieve Lacey transforms the recorder into an instrument of transcendent beauty. Last year, she performed with the Melbourne Chamber Orchestra in a program called Towards Eternity, a musical meditation traversing 900 years of Western music. It's a long, long time. Michael Cathcart got Genevieve into the studio with her recorders. Hello, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. Lovely to be here. So let's get to know the instrument first. What is it? What's a recorder? Well, it's basically a wooden pipe. Um, with holes in it. But the thing that makes the recorder distinctive is inside its mouthpiece, it has what's called a duct, or it's also part of this family called the fipple flute, which just means that there's this little plug inside the mouthpiece that's fixed, so you can't actually change the instrument with your embouchure. And then the thing that makes the recorder particularly distinctive is that it has a thumb hole at the back. So its cousin... The tin whistle, for instance, doesn't have, but the recorder does. So the one most of us know is the... the um, it's des- called a descant, the descant soprano, recorder. exactly. So let's yeah. hear the descant recorder. So this is the one most people learnt at school. And most people play a plastic one. You've got a gorgeous, dark, wooden one. What's it I made do. of? It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's made of mulga, uh, an Australian wood and Australian oh. hardwood. And, yeah, they are exquisite creatures. I wish that people could see them because they're just... Yeah, they're beautiful to see and to hold as well as to play. So when did you know you could do this? When did you realise that you had it in you to get beyond the other kids at school and do what what you can do? I think I was actually in my mid-20s by the time I was prepared to admit to myself that maybe I did have it in me. I'd been striving for that for a long time. I started playing when I was really little and I always loved the sound of this instrument and the feel of it. And I played other instruments as well um, because... You know, any child with an aptitude for the recorder is quickly moved onto a proper instrument, as I was. But yeah, I've always loved this. And finally, after years of study and extraordinary teachers and opportunities, I thought, you know what? I think maybe there's something in us mm. in this. When I hear you play, I'm always struck by the way in which you can make the instrument sound contemporary. Uh, when I first heard the recorder taken to a new level, it was by people like Franz Bruggen mm. playing early music, and, and you play early music mm. as well. But but you make early music, even early music, sounds that it belongs in the now, and I don't know how you do that, but there is a kind of, perhaps it's your Australianness. there's a kind of clarity and sunshine to the way you play. Thanks, Michael, that's lovely. And um, me making cont- uh, early music sounding contemporary has definitely got me into trouble in some times and places, but... I think your Australianness. I think you're really onto something there. There is something about the wide open spaces that we grow up in and the fact that um, we're not so beholden to traditions in a way that perhaps my European colleagues might be. That gives us an incredible freedom of imagination. But also for me, I've always been really interested in trying to make music speak now. So whether it comes from the 15th century or it was written just a few weeks ago, For me, the point is hearing it live in a room and the exchange between the people listening and the people playing. So I'm delighted if it does always sound alive and contemporary because that's certainly how it is within me and that's what I'm hoping to communicate. 
So that's the Descant. We've we've mm. heard a little of the Descant. And you've got two other recorders with you. What are they? I have. So I've brought another, a different kind of Descant. Um, just because as a recorder player, you have the great joy of playing all sorts of instruments from different times and different places. And I'd be curious to hear what listeners think. But for me, these two Descants have wildly different characters. The one that I just played a minute ago... It's a beautiful um, copy of a Baroque instrument. So it's got a very sweet, true sound that's very even across the range of the instrument. The one that I'm going to play um, in a minute is a copy of an earlier instrument, which to me is much more pipe-like, much more folk-like. So it's got a breathier sound and it very easily takes us to Ireland or to any number of places where I suppose melodies have got a bit more of a keen or a lilt to them and... That idea of sort of an even-toned, even-tempered beauty is not so much the aesthetic. So that's a kind of Celtic lament, is it? It is. I absolutely love that tune, and I think that instrument does that so mm. well. It's quite unbridled, that instrument. So technically you can push it in ways that you can't with a Baroque instrument. There's a bit more room in the sound, so you can take it to the edges, which if you're trying to play a lament or something of that elk, you really want to be able to hear such a deep humanity in a way yeah. that with other music, Sometimes it's a bit more polite. And you could almost bend those notes. Yeah, you yeah, can. You, you really can. can yeah. yeah. So you've put this concert together of 900 years of music. What, what were you looking for as you assembled the program? I was really interested in, in composers and pieces of music that to me seemed like they were leaning against time or leaning out of their own time. So people either who were interested in an idea, an idea of of the ineffable or something that sort of took them towards their idea of eternity, whatever form that took. Some composers who are looking backwards, who was again sort of dissatisfied with either the reality of their lives or the aesthetic that they were surrounded with. But in essence, all these pieces for me are so full of longing and there's something about music that so easily takes us out of the rhythms of our own body and it's been so lovely putting together things from literally 900 years ago to things written in contemporary Australia. And today when we were rehearsing, hearing some of these things beside one another, just thinking they're actually trying to say exactly the same thing. You know, there's something so beautiful about hearing our humanity so eloquently expressed in so many different centuries and countries and feeling a kinship with it even now. It's, it's really moving, I think. So you're giving this concert with the Melbourne Chamber Orchestra. We haven't got the orchestra here, but we've got you. Uh, shall we just hear a little of how it sounds in context? What have you got for us? Well, what I brought was a recording of a 15th century English piece that I think is just so exquisitely beautiful. And for me, literally the way this man is writing, it's, it's as though he's trying to stop time. Um, it's just everything is so... He doesn't ever want a sentence to end, so he has this beautiful ways of spinning lines that seem to go forever. 
the way that we're going to play this piece in the concert is um, what you'll hear is a vocal rendition, which is how it was originally written, but we're going to hear it from the viola section. So if you can imagine really mellow, kind of right in the centre of your body sounds um, being sung out from stringed instruments. as we're listening to this, Genevieve, how are you going to treat this? Well, this we've turned into a piece for the viola section. So um, we won't hear the text, but we'll hear the incredible sonority of, um, you would have heard in that vocal writing, it's written in a way that it's really hard to distinguish which voice is which, and that's quite a hallmark of this kind of writing, I think. So we had some beautiful games today when we were um, rehearsing it, just again between all uh, the three viola players trying to make those three instruments turn into one. And this piece is? It's by an Englishman called John Dunstable, um, and it has a Latin title, Cumpulcra Es. Um, and it's actually a setting of one of the beautiful Song of Songs from the Bible, so it's very poetic language, beautiful language. Dunstable's a mathematician and an astronomer and an astrologer as well as a composer. And a lot of these composers have got really strong leanings towards mathematics or towards some kind of abstract world, whether it's the world of numbers or, you know, the medieval people always talked about the the harmony of the spheres. I think musicians often have some kind of leaning towards, um, yeah, the intangible. Now, this concert, Genevieve, brings us right up to the present day. You're performing work by the Australian composer Ross Edwards. Mm. Tell us about this piece. This piece um, is called Tyalgum Mantras, and it's named after the town. Um, and there's a festival in this town, and, and the piece was originally written for that festival. Uh, but I think the word mantras gives us a real clue, and that's very indicative of quite a lot of Ross's writing. A, a great deal of his writing exists in the realm of the trance or the um, it, it's often very meditative and, and deeply spiritual work the the other side of his language is is the dance so he's generally in the realm of the ecstatic whether it's a twirling dance or something that takes us on a long journey either out to the universe or deep within and this piece is very much in that realm the way that it's written gives the players a beautiful amount of freedom and in essence, it's it's a meditation on a few key, absolutely key notes, and everything just fans out from that. So what you'll hear now is the bones of the melody, and I'll reveal that melody quite quickly. But in performance, this work is spans anywhere from six to ten minutes, and is this beautiful, slow unfolding of a series of pitches and melodies that all sort of stack on top of one another in this really exquisite way. So it's as though... He almost turns the room into an instrument and it's got this great vibrating hum that then gradually dissipates. So, yeah, it's almost like, you know those beautiful Tibetan singing bowls? It's like he's set one of those vibrating and alive and then gradually the resonances settle down again.
Michael Cathcart speaking with Genevieve Lacey. Last year, she put together Towards Eternity, a program of music for the Melbourne Chamber Orchestra, and it was billed as a musical meditation traversing 900 years of Western music.